Yo, 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 hey, what's up? It's Tamika L. Turner, your favorite photographer, your photographer's favorite photographer. And listen, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you sincerely for hanging out, for joining me, for listening, for subscribing, for uh, for just letting me know, you know, hey, sharing, liking, however you show your support. Listen, I appreciate you, you right there. I'm talking to you directly. I appreciate you. Uh, and uh, I, I hope that I continue to um, serve as a source of motivation for you, a, a source of inspiration for you, a source of encouragement, you know, because at the end of the day, some days we all need a little bit of encouragement. And my goal is to consistently deliver that for you. Package it up, send it out on the interwebs, and it's it's yours to play whenever Every day if you want. If you want to play it every day, that's cool with me. So I appreciate you for hanging out. And we're going to jump into, uh, before we jump into what we're going to talk about, be sure to follow me on Instagram. It's Tamika L. Turner, T-A-M-I-K-A-L-T-U-R-N-E-R. So with that being said, who is T-A-M-I-K-A-L-T-U-N-E-R-T-U-R-N-E-R? Wow, did I misspell my name? Who is Tamika L. Turner, right? I decided that this week, this podcast is going to be about uh, two different things, right? Uh, one is going to be just more about my experience with photography. Uh, I want to share more about, you know, what I've done, uh, the things that I've seen, uh, the lessons that I've learned as far as it relates to the photography game and life in general, you know, everything really. Um, and then the other thing I want to talk about is my mission. Uh, a lot of people will ask me, you know, do you really think that you will help a million photographers in your lifetime? If you do not know my mission, if this is your first time listening, I am very transparent about my mission. My mission is to help one million photographers. You know, I'm in this to help creative people become dynamic creators. I'll say that again. I am in this to help creative people become dynamic creators and I'll dive into what I mean uh what I mean by that uh you know as towards the middle of this podcast just so if you if you have a timeline just so you know what's going on so we're backtracking so who is Tamika L. Turner right so I've been uh in the photography game for a while you know ever since I was a young young kid you know I, I found myself on the uh, opposite side of the camera, people would tell me, you know, you're tall, you're lean, you should be a model. And, you know, I've always been rebellious. So if somebody told me I should do one thing, I, I typically did the opposite, right? So I've been in the photography for a while. You know, I remember the first camera that I received was from uh, my late uncle who, who was also in, uh, he was in the military and he gave me a camera. He gave me my first camera lesson and I didn't acquire my first camera. Uh, unfortunately, until, until he passed away, I, I was able to, um, you know, have one of his, you know, he left me one of his cameras. So my experience with photography started out very young. You know, I knew that I was a creative being. You know, I used to sit around, play the drums on pots and pans, you know, like, you know, uh, <laughs> play the piano, keyboard, make music. Like, I've always been this creative individual. I've always wanted to explore art and wanted to explore, um, you know, just my creative tendencies. Uh, now, interestingly enough, I, when I went off to school, 
I I went to pursue a degree in engineering and people are like, what? Like some people ask me, like, how do you get photography and engineering? Like that's those are two different sides of the spectrum. And I get it. Right. But I really love math. Like I love math. I love uh, analyzing. I love, you know, like just numbers in general. I love numbers. So, you know, I went to school for engineering. And fortunately for me, Around the same time that I was having difficulty in school, uh, they launched a photography program, and I was going through counseling at the time, and my counselor was like, listen, we just need to figure out what you're happy doing. Because, you know, I was doing well in my engineering classes, but, you know, it was the other classes that was holding me back, like, you know, like the history and those things that I didn't care about. So they, I, it was causing me to suffer a- academically, So, you know, and then, you know, there was a little bit of turmoil at that time in my life where I had recently lost my grandmother. You know, I I was miles away from anybody that loved me. Uh, So I was kind of going through this transition. And lo and behold, uh, Auburn University, shout out to Auburn, right around that time. uh, And this is why I know that everything happens when it's supposed to happen. But that's when the photography program was just developing, just, you know, just coming to to uh to to fruition right so i was on the um you know i was on the beginning side of that and you know it was i was fortunate enough to have you know classes that were dedicated to the the wet process so i learned how to develop film and you know uh, shoot film and print you know and all those great things so i learned the wet process and then you know quickly transitioned into learning the digital process and even mixing the two, like taking a film, you know, taking film prints and uh, putting, making them digital. So, you know, that experience was so, so crucial. Uh, while I was at Auburn, of course, you know, in our art program, we were, we learned multiple medias. So painting, printmaking was a part of, of the journey as, as an art student. So, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have those experiences, 3D, you know, like sculpting and, and 3D design and 2D design. And I, I remember my 2D design teacher, he was very meticulous. And, you know, I couldn't understand at the time. I could not understand at the time, you know, why he was so meticulous. And the older that I get, the more that I appreciate his attention to detail, the more that I appreciate uh, how meticulous he was and how um, how concerned he was with details. No one else in my life, you know, have I met that was like him. Like, it, it was just so interesting. Um, but shout out to him. I, you know, I would shout him out, but he probably may not hear this. Maybe 10 years from now he'll hear it, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember her. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, to sum that up, you know, I've, I've been into photography. i published two of my books. Uh, both based on projects of, of around the idea of basketball as an identity, right? Uh, I, I, I spent five years plus taking images for my first book. It took me five years, you know, and that's why I'm a firm believer. If you want to do something and if you persist and if you make up in your mind that you're going to do something, it doesn't matter how long it takes, just do it, right? So publish two books. Right now, I consider myself to be uh, to be an accountability partner to photographers around the world, challenging you, uh, you know, encouraging you, uh, 
propping you up, you know, lifting you up, and uh, hoping to, um, you know, inspire photographers to, to go beyond what, what they thought was capable for them in their photographic career, right? And so, you know, the, the honesty is that I haven't always been accountable for myself. I call myself an accountability partner right now, but, you know, I haven't always been accountable for me. Um, I, I remember specifically right around the time that I was having difficulty in school, you know, I, I just was not happy with my results. And, um, you know, there was one instance in particular where I was out at a club with, with my friends, and we were, you know, drinking, partying that day. We Maybe we smoked some weed. Maybe, you know, I think I took a couple pain pills. It wasn't like I was, you know, it, it was just a normal day. Like, it was nothing different about this day when I got up. So, you know, later that evening, we have been, you know, pre-gaming is what it's called. So we pre-game, we, we went to this club, this bar, and we were kicking in, and I had this really, really tall Long Island iced tea. <laughs> really, really big. It was like a 32 ounce. Like, it was so huge. And I was in the middle of the club, right? And, you know, it, it was just like, before I knew it, you know, my face was cold. And my, my body, like, I felt like I was wet. Like, my body was wet. Like, my shoulders were wet. My armpits were wet. Um, and I didn't realize, but I was literally laying on the, I was laying on the middle of the floor. Like, I was laid out in the middle of the floor. I had passed out in the club, right, passed out at the bar. And when I began to open my eyes, right, I began to see people's feet around me. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know what happened. I just remember drinking a Long Island, kicking it, listen, listening to music. And then I recall the next moment I was looking at people's feet around me. And I faintly, one of, the, one of my friends that I went to the bar with, you know, I faintly remember her saying, you know, I, I just heard her screaming, you know, in the background. She's just frustrated. She's just, why is no one helping her? And, you know, I mean, me, I'm a goofball. Like, I'm laying on the ground like, hey, you're not helping me either, though. So, <laughs> like, you're yelling and all that. That's not helping me. Um, but, you know, it was then I realized, you know, no one is helping me because I'm not helping myself, right? I'm not doing things to help myself. And that began a journey of digging myself out of a place of unhappiness, digging myself out of a place of being unfulfilled, digging myself out of, uh, you know, just anger. I was angry. I, I, you know, and, you know, I, my, one of my mentors says that depression is anger turned inward. I was, most likely I was depressed. I wasn't ready to confront some of the things that I had done in my life or not done or, you know, I was disappointed that I wasn't further. And, you know, when you're in art school, you have this, there's this uh, facade that you're fed, like, oh, one day, you know, the entire world will see you. You'll be like Van Gogh. Like, there's this this image of an artist that you know it's it's not it's not necessarily overt, but that's that's what you think. You think, oh, I'll be discovered, and and uh, you know, one day I'll be discovered by a, a huge gallery, and then you know I'll be represented, and you know I, I won't have to worry about money and all this. But I was disappointed with my results, right? When I looked at my results, I was disappointed. When I looked at where I was in my life. I was disappointed. When I looked around and, you know, I saw the type of people that I was hanging out with, 
you know, or the things that I was doing, it didn't satisfy me anymore. I, I wasn't fulfilled anymore, you know, and I began the journey of, of really discovering who I was and why I was put on the earth and what I needed to do to change my situation. So I, I drowned myself in self-development. I drowned myself in, in the Stephen Covey's, uh, you know, the seven habits of highly effective people. I drowned myself in the Earl Nightingales. I drowned myself in the Napoleon Hills, the Les Brown, the, you know, the Lisa Nichols, the, you know, everything that was self-development based or law of attraction based. Like I drowned myself in those ideas because I knew that these people were getting results that I wanted to eventually get, right? So that began this journey, and I began to realize that if I could help people who may not be feeling like they're accountable for themselves right now, if I can just lift people up, you know, and say, hey, you know what, you can do it. And, hey, sometimes you got to be in people's faces, right? Sometimes you got to be like, hey, what you're doing right now is not going to get you to where, you're, where you really want to be, so you need to, you need to figure it out, right? So, you know, I, I am passionate about the fact that I will help a million photographers. No doubt. I will do that. And I'm comfortable saying it. I'm comfortable with uh, saying it out loud. I'm comfortable with knowing it. And, you know, it, it, you know if, it, if, it, if, it's, if I'm going to set a target, understand that my target is going to be awesome. What I'm learning about, you know, setting targets or world plans or goals, my target is going to be so monster, right, because it's going to cause me to stretch. You know, I love hearing people say, oh, you know, I'm a realist. Or I was having this conversation the other day with one of my sales guys. Oh, I'm a realist. Okay, well, that's cool. You know, sometimes people say that they are, are realists just to mask their pessimistic tendencies, right? Some people just want to tear the, the joy out of the real, right? They'll, so they'll say, no, I'm just being real, you know. But I don't, I, I, I actually believe in the imaginative. And that's why I say I want to, my mission is to uh, help creative people um, create, well, I want to, my mission is to help creative people uh, design a dynamic and creative lifestyle. To the point where, you know, when we really recognize that we are creators, when we recognize that everything that happens in our life is a result of a couple of things, really. It's a result of, you know, our beliefs. It's a result of our behaviors. It's a result of our words. It's a result of, you know, everything that we've been through, everything up until this point that you've experienced. At one time, it was a thought. Look around you right? So like your car, it, 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 it was created on two planes, right? First, it was created in, in the mind of the creator. First, it was created in the mind of the designer. Maybe a multiple minds got together and, and, you know, crafted the design of the car. And then it was created on the physical plane, right? So that was a part of the first creation. The second creation was when you envisioned Buying a car, that was the second creation, or owning the car, or possessing the car. You envision possessing the car that you currently own, right? 
So that was this, that was like the third creation. That's why I say we are co-creators, right? So you envisioned owning the car, and then eventually you came to own the car. That was your creative mechanism at work. It manifested itself, right? So everything that we experience is always created on two different planes. It's created mentally, and then it's created physically, right? We are spiritual beings. We have so much potential. If you think about it, our bodies are, and this is why <laughs> I got excited, because my, my first book, One Goal, Many Faces, right, that book was strictly an exploration of identity. It was an exploration of self-identity. It was an exploration of, you know, what is it that we all share in common, right? Our frameworks might be the same, you know, two legs, two eyes, two ears, you know, a nose, mouth, whatever. Our framework might be the same, but what is it that separates us? What is it that gives us our unique abilities? And it's in the power of thought, right? It's in the thoughts that we keep. It's in the things that we do. It's in the people that we surround ourselves with, right? And people, you've heard it time and time again. I'm not telling you anything new. Like, this is not new. You know this. Everything that I'm saying is something that you already know. Right? Maybe it's, I'm saying it a different way. Maybe, you know, I'm saying it in a simpler way. Maybe I'm saying it in a more complex way. Whatever it is, you already know exactly what I'm talking about. You know. I'm just saying it. And I'll keep saying it over and over and over because I know that the way that the mind works is that sometimes our minds have to be programmed. Sometimes we have to be reprogrammed. And that's where the engineering side of, of my, 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 my love for math and things like that comes into play because I know, I believe in the power of numbers, right? I believe that if you tell yourself, let's say you, let's say you have a, um, let's say you're in cells, right? I started out in cells, uh, you know, like a couple years ago. And when I started out in cells, I would, go in and I would write down every day what I would sell of a particular thing, right? So I would say, I'm going to sell this number. And I recall one time, one of my sales managers at the time, you know, I, I, I was so excited. I was pumped up. I came in and I was like, yo, I'm going to sell this number. And they were like, what are you talking about? Nobody's ever sold that. Like, you need to set realistic goals. And I laughed because on the surface, Here's here's where here's where having big thinking <laughs> causes people around you, you know, to be uncomfortable is because he was like, yo, nobody's ever done that before. You need to you need to scale your goals back. And in fact, really, if I think about it now, like my goals were should have been his goals. So if if if, if you uh, maybe you work in sales and maybe you're a sales manager, maybe you you know have a couple people reporting to you. If your people come to you with goals, I sincerely encourage you to only encourage them. You know, it was nothing more hilarious to me than hearing somebody tell me that my goals were too high. I didn't think so. So you don't have the right to think that, right? You don't have the right to tell me that my goals are too high because you don't know what I'm capable of. You know what I'm saying? So... If you're in sales, you know, know that setting, setting big goals is a part of, of what separates people from having massive success and, and other people from having, you know, uh, average success. It's because they're not afraid to, you know, do 
beyond what people say is capable. They're not afraid to, um, you know, to challenge themselves to stretch. So, you know, but being, being goal-oriented and understanding the, that numbers are, are crucial and then understanding the power of programming, you know, has caused me to realize that if you repeat a lie to yourself, if you repeat a lie to yourself so many times that you actually start to believe it, it will happen, guarantee. Like it, it now, it, the time frame is not up to me. I, I wouldn't. I would be. Uh, you know, I would be irresponsible if I said it's going to happen in 30 days. And you know, no, I'm not going to say that. But if let's say you 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 told yourself, you know, um, oh, I want a million dollars, or or I desire to have a million dollars, because you have to understand the power of words as well. Right, so I desire a million dollars. I desire a million dollars, or I will have a million dollars by this day. Those are three different things. I just said three different things. The first thing that I said is I want a million dollars. Right. The second thing is I desire a million dollars, and the third thing I said is I will have a million dollars by this day. Those are three different commands to yourself. The first one. You know, which is what average people do, most average people, is that they wish, they want, they feel a lack of, so they want something, right? The second thing is you desire something, but you're not willing to commit. You're not willing to go all in, right? Now, if I come in the room and I say, listen, I will have this by this date, my confidence is so high that if I got like, who's going to stop? Who's going to tell me that I won't have it? Who's going to be the one that's like, no, you're not going to have that? And what happens is when you put a demand on anything that you desire, anything that you would like manifested in your life, when you put uh, a timeline on it and when you have the confidence that it will happen, I'm telling you, the, it's like the universe just folds against itself and, and it delivers it to you. And, and sometimes it delivers it in such great abundance that you couldn't even picture it would happen the way that it happened, right? Like it, 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 it'll, you know, you might say, man, I, I you know, I desire to have 75,000 by the end of the week. The universe show up and, and give you 90. God shows up and give you 90 and you're like, dang, like, man, right? So it's like there is power in repetition. There is power and, you know, I mean, of course, I've had my experiences with affirmations. I do believe that sometimes if, if, if I, I do believe they work for certain reasons. And, you know, I don't see any problem with using them because you, you sometimes you have to pull yourself out of some stuff and you have to remove some of the negativity. So it's good to replace it. You know, sometimes when we want to eliminate stuff from our life, we don't replace it with something positive, right? We just, we just leave a void there. And what ends up happening is that that void gets filled again with the thing that we wanted to eliminate because we didn't replace it positive, right? So, you know, there is power in words. There are power, there are power the power is also in the repetition. Uh, and ultimately, the power is in the belief, you know? I tend to enjoy the stories in the Bible because they talk so much about faith. They talk so much about persistence. They talk so much about being on the side of God. Like if you're on God, if you're, if, if God is on your side, 
you are in the majority. If you if you had to go play if you had to go play basketball, excuse me, if you had to go play basketball and it was nobody but you and God, you would win. Every time. You're gonna win. You have an unfair advantage. Like that's period. So when you align yourself with with your purpose, when you align yourself with your mission, you have an unfair advantage because you're being used by a power that's bigger than you. So, you know, that that is my mission, is to, to help creative people create dynamic lifestyles. That's my mission. I'm gonna help a million photographers do that. We're gonna we're gonna dispel the, the notion of a starving artist. We're gonna throw that away. That's not how we're gonna do it, you know? So if 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 I can if any if you take anything away from this, know that there is power in your mind. You, you have you have a unique power that exists in your ability to create from a mental level. You can create something out of nothing. I've seen it happen to other people. It's happened to me. I've done it right? You have the ability, you listening, wherever you are, you could be at your home, you could be at work, you could be in your car, you could be, you know, on your way to the movies. You have the ability to create whatever you want. You just have to believe it. And you got to start creating it too. You got to start putting in the work. Faith without actions, are it's dead. Faith does not live unless actions are there. You cannot say you have faith for something, but you're waiting around wishing for it to happen, right? So there is power in your mind. There is power in, in what you think about. And, you know, I just, I just want to encourage you to, uh, you know, to use the power of your mind and to create something beautiful. So with that being said, be sure to follow me on Instagram. It's Tamika L. Turner, T-A-M-I-K-L-T-U-R-E. You guessed it, so I'm out. Peace.